Hi everyone, welcome to the Perma Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host, and I'm um, in a house in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa, if I can pronounce it correctly, mm-hmm. with my friend Sarah Heath, and uh, we're going to be talking about her new book. So welcome back, Sarah. So fun to have you in my home. You're in the treehouse, my little tiny place. Yes, and it's a beautiful little house, flat. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah. You say it would be called a flat, huh? Like in England, a, it would be called it's a like flat. Apartment, yeah. but nobody's attached to it, so I guess it's a flat. Yeah, we see, we just have we don't have a, we just have flat. Flats. Nothing like this would be called. Here a flat. we have apartments, condos, townhouses, but yes. Hmm, and it's lovely. So um, thanks. Yeah, and Sarah has a uh, a book out, a new it's book. True. It's true. Um, if you've not heard about it, um, it's called the Authenticity Challenge. 21 days to a more content life. Yes, and it's out right now. And we're going to talk about a bit about, about authenticity today, I think. This is something that. We're going to be authentic about authenticity. Yes, this is something that we're both passionate about, being authentic. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about how this book came about. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story because I um, never knew I would ever write a book like this. So, it's actually just 21 challenges. Uh, to be more content with your own life. And it started because I did a podcast called Sandra Less the Podcast. And you and I, I think, have talked about the podcast yes, before yes, on your show. Yes, 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 we know about it. And um, what was crazy was the number of followers and people that we had that were just sort of following my my own journey of trying to find happiness and contentment. And what I found, like, with the number of experts I talked to and everybody that I interviewed and, like, all the different things that I looked at, it turns out that in order to be content and happy you have to actually be incredibly authentic. So from, like even from my own health journey to like all these different things, every time it came to being completely who you are, and that sounds ridiculous, but when you think about like the age that we live in, um, where there's Instagram, so we're always trying to gram things, you know, I'm always trying to uh, advertise things. We talked about platform building when we were hanging out at lunch today, Mm. right? All that stuff that just seems so ridiculous and outside of the norm, what can often happen is we begin to not only like present a different self, but to believe that that's actually who we are. Mm. And so my publisher, uh, Abington Press, they had some of their favorite authors that they had worked with before. They wanted to do like a series of 21 like day challenges. So they're yeah. all different things for small groups. So the 21 day Jesus challenge, the 21 days living like John Wesley, who's the founder of Methodism, like all these things. And I thought it was funny because my first, chapter I actually talk about how it took me forever to write the intro just because I wanted to sound so good in a book about authenticity Mm -hmm. and it was my dear friend who was over and he was like Sarah I find it ironic that you're spending forever rewriting this chapter on authenticity so they're all just little challenges things that help me along the way because if I'm honest although the way that I thought my story would turn out probably didn't turn out the way I thought it would but my goodness I'm in a much better place than I was before as far as happiness and contentment. So, yeah, they're just the different challenges that kind of got me here. And then the the hope is that people will do it as a group, kind of only take 21 days. And we know that 21 days, by the way, is, like, ridiculous. Mm. Do you know where that comes from? Well, if you read the book, which you did read the book. Yeah, I have read the book. (laughs) 21 days, everyone always talks about 21 days, but that's, like, to form a habit, it takes way longer than 21 days. Mm. Um, 21 days is actually the shortest amount of time it takes us to get used to something. Mm. So from, like, losing a limb or whatever it might be, it takes at least 21 days. 
but 21 days is a kind of like a bite sizable piece that we can kind of like start with friends um, to do. And so um, I know I just spelled like the, it's kind of funny that I'm writing a book about 21 days and I say 21 days is ridiculous, but it is something mm. you can commit to, you know, whether it's um, whole 30, all those things, we know that we need to commit to a certain amount of time. And so my hope is that by doing one of these challenges, I don't think all 21 are going to be like helpful or relatable for everyone. So it's just like, mm. hey, it's an experiment, a 21 day experiment. Give it a try. You might find something so helpful that you continue doing it. And there's several of those things from that book that were challenges to me that are things that I do daily that I think have changed kind of the trajectory of how I view and feel about my own life. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You divide it up into three kind of mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the who, the what, and the why. Yeah. So kind of unpack that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. So who is kind of like who you are in, um, toward yourself and who you are with other people, like your relationships. Mm-hmm. What is what you do with your time? Um, so even if you're like a stay-at-home mom or you're a student or you're someone who's retired or you work all the time, what is it that you do with your time? And then the why is sort of like kind of the the God piece, but also um, I don't think we do such a bad job of like making spirituality separate from our physical nature and who we are. And I Mm. think um, God is so a part of every part of us and what we, how we exist in the world. And so the who, the what, and the why we do what we do. Mm. Really practical. And um, there's like, it's every, every kind of challenge has a kind of you talk about why we do the challenge and what the spiritual benefit is, and mm-hmm. it's really practical. Oh, and, thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, it literally like, was from my own experience, and then <laughs> Americans always say it, literally, but it, re- it really was from my own experience and from mm-hmm. working with, I've worked with health coaches, life coaches, I worked with a dating coach, I worked with all these people during the last, the, the year before, um, right before I wrote this book, mm. with all these things, and so it's trying to take the best of what they told me some of my experiences and why I think that's always connected to our faith, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the challenges that really, yeah, spoke to me was the first one, day one. <laughs> like, and it was, because it's, it's a huge challenge, and it's a week-long challenge. Yeah, one. so each, yeah, each week starts with a week-long challenge. Um, oh, yes, that's right, of course, so there's three of them, isn't there? But this one was really kind of, for me, and it strikes at the heart of authenticity as well, I think. Um, the logging off challenge. Yeah, logging off. I did no social media for a week. Um, and I haven't done this yet. I want to do this. Yeah. But I think it's a really... I thought, to me, that's a real... Yeah, like I say, it strikes at the heart of authenticity because social media is all about presenting an image to the world for yeah. a start. You know, you're, tell, you're kind of telling a story about who you are and... And you're missing where you are. I think... Mm. Um, the the challenge is intentional in that it so you log off with the idea of being present to what's around you and it seems ridiculous and it's sad that we even have to do that but um, I've had friends do this and it's fun to do it with other people because you discover even people who claim they don't use social media like oh I'm not I don't need it I don't when they're not at all logged into any of those things so whether it's mm. Instagram Facebook um, some people even logged off of email, whatever it might be, the thing that keeps you connected to the kind of the ins and outs and the lives of other people that you're not directly in contact with, to disengage from that allows you to re-engage with your own life. And just for the week while you're doing all these different practices that are really 
geared towards making you evaluate who you actually are and who you are in relationship to other people, it's really helpful not to have outside voices. So having the voices that are in front of you versus having the voices that um, are, you know, some algorithm has put before you, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did this challenge, this particular challenge impact you? Ooh, yeah, I think, I mean, I talk about it in the book for sure, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. I didn't realize how, because of my job as someone who is a pastor and a speaker and a writer, I, I'm not very good at, I actually feel guilty about how little I post. I'm getting better as far as marketing, but I think I'm able to do that now because I took the time to log off. I, I logged on for a, more than a week, and... I actually had a, a coach that I was meeting with, not about that. It wasn't as bad as I needed a coach, but we were meeting about other stuff. And so that was a challenge I took from her, from Bethany. And it was interesting. I realized how much of my life I spend comparing myself to others. And I was thinking about it this week, actually, because here uh, in Southern California, we are back in summer already. <laughs> and uh, it means that it's wedding season and baby season and um, for someone whose life doesn't look that way, I don't have my own family. I think it's very hard for me not to scroll through tons of pictures of engagements and weddings and babies and not think, well, why doesn't my life look like that and miss out on the things that are happening in front of me. And so, um, that's mm -hmm. been a really profound reminder. Um, and in fact, it's funny, my, um, my assistant who helps me with, um, so much stuff is incredible. And she says to me all the time, I know you're really enjoying an event when I don't see like when you're not posting about it it's like I know that you're really present to something she's like I just am checking in because I didn't see where you were where, you know and there's a lot of things that for work I have to keep you know promoting and having and to share stuff and I think that's important too but she says I can tell that it's a really a you thing when you're not posting about it like I can tell you're really present to it because you don't even need other people to be there just the people that are in the room. And I think that's been, yeah, that's been a really profound reminder. And it's silly, but especially for those of us who are working in the creative fields, um, it can become work and it can, can become comparison. And I mean, it's, it's easy peasy stuff, and yet we don't do it unless we're challenged to do it, you know? Mm, I mean, this is like a subject that I've, I've explored with other guests as well. And it's something that I really am passionate about. I mean, authenticity in social media, well, as an author as well, and it's on the podcast and does speaking and stuff like that, and I'm very aware of it as well. And you know, the whole we talked about at lunch, we talked about the platform thing, and you know, if you're not, if you're not really, if you're not aware of it, it's when like, I mean, people like Sarah and I who are kind of doing stuff publicly, and there's all there's this pressure to build a platform and have a platform and promote yourself and be a brand. Yeah. And that and there can be there can be useful things for yeah, that. Yeah, some of it's lovely and fun. There's a great connection. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, and I think it's kind of a, a necessary thing when you're trying to get whatever your message or the thing that you're passionate about out. Um, I think it's when you don't know if you're not keeping some things for yourself. And I think I've been really blessed in my life that I have friends that are got some friends that are pretty well known in the world and it has become uh, really helpful for me to kind of ask like how do you 
maintain whatever it might be and, and every one of them says there's things that we just don't share not because it's a secret but because if you share everything nothing's for you yeah and so um it's interesting like the nights that i spend with friends who are like super well known in the world they don't ever take photos because that for them was a night when they were just having fun with friends it doesn't mm. need to be captured you know and there's sometimes they have to capture things because they're with a certain brand or they're doing a certain thing um and they're an influencer like i have a couple of friends who like literally are influencers they're paid to ex show the world how they're living and they do a really good job of separating like you'll spend all day with them and they'll capture a moment of it and then they're able to be present around them once they've turned it off but i think the the temptation would be to constantly be looking for the moment to capture you know yeah exactly yeah and actually it's kind of ironic because that's what kind of we had today because you know we've been hanging out like a lot of the day and like you know we didn't we didn't take any photos we didn't no you know, we didn't do anything we just hung out and that's a and it's like and obviously we're not kind of we don't have those big big huge audiences nope. but, <laughs> but but it's kind of the same principle it's like you know you've got to have time to be yourself mm -hmm. if you and if you if you're not tired if you don't have time to be yourself then you literally become that that public figure and that's all that's your whole identity and that's i think we're watching the destruction yourself. of people who you know uh who have only become an image and are trying to figure out who they actually are as a person you know mm -hmm. the example i have and i always think about and it's obviously a, a low-hanging fruit but you look at the kardashians right i've been in a restaurant when the kardashians are there it's mm. the weirdest experience because all of a sudden there's a film crew and people show up and tmz is there and you're thinking man you can't just have a meal everything mm. you say is captured any moment of vulnerability and a friend of mine who's worked for them and in their um circle will tell you that they actually like have people who um, say now's the time for we need you know you're, you're actually falling out of the media something needs to happen so make something happen something dramatic needs to happen because you're falling you're not trending or whatever it might be and just think about the constant need to feel like if I'm not trending or if I'm not a big deal right now then I don't matter and I think the people who are super grounded in who they are and rooted in who they are and are authentic and know who they are, um, those are those people that um, really can make it through being well off, you know, being mm. well known, being whatever it might be, because they set boundaries around like this is this is the the me that it is me no matter what. Yeah, I love that. I think, and yeah, I mean the whole fame thing has just. I think we're starting to see. Can be a nightmare. That, that, what a nightmare it can be. Like I think social media and twenty four hour news as well mm -hmm. has kind of exposed this because you can't be on call twenty four hours a day and it not come back on you because we're all human beings and we all have finite energy and we all have and you know we all need our own space and I think a lot of this is being redefined. Yeah, it's being redefined as like even as a pastor, um, you know, part of the podcast. I'm a pastor as well and. Um, part of the podcast really centered around my need to be a human mm. because I was trained in a way in ministry in a, in a style of life where a pastor could treat it a little bit more like a job 
um, mm. where there wasn't this 24-hour ability for people to get a hold of you, where people couldn't look into your family and personal life and didn't know. And so in some ways, the pastor was able to maintain this really almost unhealthy boundary that made them almost superhumans. But people are don't want that. Nobody wants a superhuman, and yet we feel a pressure to be a superhuman. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of this weird in-between time where we don't know what to do with people's humanity, and yet we know that we don't want to be around people who aren't being authentic or human or mm. so it's a really so that's why I thought the challenge the first part of figuring out who you are and that is not going to take seven days but <laughs> I think it's just it's kind of a, a palate cleanser because um, I think to say take a whole month off social media especially if you work in marketing or that kind of stuff it's just not doable but to see how addicted you are for me the realization that at night when I was couldn't sleep or feeling bad about something it's sort of that you know, scrolling through and seeing what's going on with people because somehow then it makes me feel like I'm close to people and there's that loneliness that's taken away. And I think instead of doing things that I'm really passionate about, it kind of became a, a good distraction. So, mm. yeah, I love I love doing that. And I, I think I, it's funny. I'll, I think I'll take all my challenges again with a group of friends. <laughs> Might be, yeah. I mean, this, this, is, this looks like something you can do in community. And I think there's... Oh, there's like a... There's a video and like a community book yeah. for questions. And the video was really fun because I got to kind of share a little bit more. And I haven't watched it yet. We were talking about that. Um, I haven't seen it since it got edited. So we'll see. Because um, I had that like really difficult time of seeing myself on video. And I know it'll be fine um, and probably great. But I just have this... Uh, it's funny because I act and... I do, you know, I've hosted a bunch of things and I really enjoy it, but I don't actually like watching it after. But you said yeah. you don't listen to your own podcast. No, I don't because I, well, for, there's two reasons I don't listen to my own podcast. First, because I was there when the interview was done. So I kind of, I've already heard it in one sense. <laughs> uh, and like, and, and also I don't, I generally don't like listening to my own voice. It, I, I, I feel all kind of awkward and anxious when I hear my own voice or even, even more when I see myself speak. So I, I can't. I, can't, I literally can't watch anything like that with myself. Like, I, I you know, I, 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 yeah, so I have full, full respect for you for watching those things with, with yourself in because it's kind of, it, those things can be quite... I have to listen to my sermon every week again to do, um, we do these community group curriculum based on the sermon and I always, Monday and Tuesday, re-listen and kind of, and it's always that moment of like, why did I say that? Or what was going on with my voice? Whatever it might be. So you kind of have to just sort of surrender the outcome and say, it is what it is, I did what I did, whatever. But yeah. again, talking about the social media thing, I can't imagine, and I, and I want to help younger people create boundaries around their lives, because I can't imagine mm. if I had an open door, and I think we're seeing that with even the younger Kardashians, they, even their childhoods weren't sacred. There was no space for them to grow and... I mean, think about all the weird things you tried as a kid, like weird haircuts or like hmm. fashion that you thought was great. I wore skirts with tennis shoes for a while. Like I thought that was going to be the thing. I thought I looked super cool. I did not look super cool. And if I had been during social media age, you could look back at those horrible photos and hmm. and not the ones I necessarily want you to see. I, you know, we can curate it now, but I just think even the 
or the the silly things you do. I mean, everything can come back and mm. um, in a way that I think we don't know how to process yet. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's yeah, we need better boundaries around, and it's not just social media, but just personal space and. I think that's something really, too. We become like voyeurs, right? Like we look into people's lives and we think we know them. Um, and so I think that's the, the hope is that in doing this in a group or even doing it by yourself, um, is that people would ask these questions for themselves, but also ask other people hmm. these things around, um, who am I? What am I doing? What am I doing with my time? Um, you know, I have this strange part of my job where I'm with people in the best and the worst times of their life. Mm. And it makes you realize just how short life is. Yeah. And um, sometimes I really forget that, especially in the hard times. I think this is going to be forever. And I think the gratefulness that thinking about what I'm doing and how I'm being intentional with my time, um, it's really, really helpful. And I think we don't actually allow ourselves to ask the question of, is, like, is this what I want to be doing? Or we think, I've got to find the perfect thing to do. So I won't do anything until I know the perfect thing. And so some of the activities in the what section really are about sort of like, what can you do with the in-between times? And what are little steps you can take towards feeling like you're being authentic in different parts of your life? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, was, I was thinking about that, 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 that. When you stop, like I've, I've had this with like, I mean, I think it's true with any, any kind of addiction. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been talking about um, addiction culture, like and we're, we're addicted to so many things, like, and not they're not all bad in themselves, but they can be bad when you become addicted. Mm -hmm. And um, and Sarah's raising her iced tea because she's kind of addicted. I to cannot iced tea. stop drinking iced tea. <laughs> but for me, like I, I recently, I gave up like chocolate and sugary food and sugary drinks, like, and it was only when I had the my my life coach at the time told me like when you feel the urge to have it stop and think about why and what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and then and when you do it's kind of like oh this is about me this is about you know who am I and stuff that I'm dealing with internally that I just don't want to deal with so when you stop like so when you stop like social media and then you kind of you might have that urge to go back it's like well why do I want to go back what is it what is it that I need and you go back with needing a from fresh... this you know like a fresh experience, right? So, like, I, I've i gone through seasons where this is a silly example, but, like, it's Lent is when we're talking right now. It's the season of Lent. And I have gone through seasons in Lent where I have given up drinking alcohol. And I don't have – I'm really blessed in that I don't have – that's not an addiction necessarily for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it is something that I realize I can take for granted. And what I mean by that is – man, it's been a long day. A large glass of wine is just going to help me unwind. Instead of maybe going, what was hard about today? Why is it that I feel that I need an escape? Um, mm. And some escapes are great and people cheer for you when you do them. Like for me, I just finished a 20 days of doing Pure Bar, which is a workout. Mm. And I loved it. And it was so good and so great. And that's, you know, a great way of kind of escaping too. But what I realized after the seasons when I've given up wine or alcohol is 
when I do have that glass of alcohol, like for me, I love red wine, having a glass of red wine after, I can taste it in a different way. Everything is more pure, is more when I'm actually present to what I'm doing. And I think that's the thing is we don't realize how much stuff we do mindlessly. Mm. And so I think that's what it really means to be like authentic. And what's really interesting is how content it can make you. And, and we have to remember like from marketing to, and I think marketers are great and I think all that stuff is great from TV shows to Instagram, there is, everyone is trying to make us uncomfortable with our life, so we'll buy a product that will make us more comfortable. It's so true. And so we, yeah. I mean, to be content is going to be countercultural. to just be like okay with where you're at. You know, even like from Christian worship songs, like I'm a change maker, I'm a, all these things that make people feel like they have to be these huge stories and not celebrating like, no, the, the huge story might be that you like, touched one life or the huge story might be like we make it into like you have to have so many people who follow you or do all these kind of things and it makes these expectations for us that make us inauthentic because we feel like okay I've got to be present to all of these things all at once Mm. and the truth is is like that might not be for you and so how can I sit in where I am and who I am and it be enough and and I think that's kind of our, our biggest challenge of our Generation. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, wow, that's so true. It's, yeah, it's really interesting because you, yeah, there's so many coping mechanisms. Like, I mean, for me, like Netflix, like I come home and like after a hard day, I just chill out and put like something I watch seen. British TV. That's my. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I literally but, I have Acorn, which is and BritBox, which are two mm. British channels that I pay for to watch Vera, which is like from the north of England. And reminds me of my family. My mom's British. And so for me, it like reminds me of being with my family, mm. strangely. And yeah. uh, I know like if you're from the north of England, I'm so sorry I hear that Vera's accent is horrible. To me, it sounds wonderful. Um, but I watch these shows and you're right. It's like a, a zone out and I don't have to think and process. And not all of that's bad. I think it's okay to have some things mm practices that you do that unwind you and yes it is yeah I think that's but it's to figure out whether they're coping mechanisms or they're grounding mechanisms you know yeah because sometimes you do need to just get out of your head and you need to kind of just relax and chill out and that kind of thing and that is healthy that's actually a healthy thing to do but it's when it becomes more than that um and it's escapism it's escape then that's when it becomes a problem um and actually, the other thing, and it, the other thing when, that happens when, when you do this, when you stop and you start analysing these things, is that you get connected to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually get connected with your true self, which maybe you didn't even know. I mean, that's what, this is what's happened with me. Like, when I stopped, this, when I stopped doing this, eating this food, I started actually analysing why I was doing it. I actually started to get to know myself better. Um, for you was it a a rewarding thing was it like oh I did this so I get a piece of chocolate or was it a I like chocolate I'm just going to eat it or was it I'm an adult I can eat what I want what was it for you it was partly it was a combination of all of it it was like but it was it was a feel good thing Mm -hmm. it was like well it is a dopamine it it was a dopamine thing it was a control thing Mm -hmm. it was a safety thing it was a I can do what I want thing I should be able to do this it was like I realised that food is like like a pleasure thing Mm -hmm. so I realised that one of the reasons I was eating takeaways a lot was because I don't want to have to cook because 
kick his work, kicking his work, and I don't, and I shouldn't, I, and there's like my inner child was like, you shouldn't have to work to eat food because food is pleasure, like, and it's like, oh, this is where she, so you start, all this starts unraveling, and you start to like, oh, this is what's going on, right, and like I haven't literally felt the urge to go back and. I don't even get tempted by chocolate anymore. It's not even a. I, I can walk. I walked through a, um, an airport full of chocolate on the way here, and didn't even didn't even get tempted to go. I was, I was in Belgium a month ago, which is like the home of chocolate. Yeah, it's really good chocolate. And didn't buy any chocolate. You know, I was given a box of chocolate from a hotel. I still haven't opened them. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Do you think you'll ever be able to go back and just have them for what they are? Um, I think I'd, I I'd like I'd like to think that I can go back and. Like say, I'm having this because this is enjoyable, and it's like a one-off. Like it's a, like it's a birthday party or mm-hmm. Christmas or whatever, and it's it's not, and it's just something I'm doing for enjoyment. I know that it's bad for me, but I don't. I'm not letting it control me. You know. I think that's the and tough think, thing too is like labeling anything bad for me. Like having chocolate is actually not bad for you. Having a, an aggressive amount of chocolate. Is, is bad for you having it all the time is bad for you but i think when we create boundaries around things that like that is bad for you this is good for you um and i think there are things obviously but i think for me when i make those hard and fast rules i again obsess over the thing and and that's another form of addiction mm. and so mm. learning to be around the thing that bothers me and be okay with that's how I know I've worked through something like can I be around um Mm. this stuff and not feel like I'm missing out because I'm not engaging in whatever it might be so yeah yeah, social media letting it go for a week it doesn't it's not that long at all and the funny thing was I forgot I had it turned off that's great that's really positive yeah yeah I'd love to be in that kind of place it was fun too once I like Another one I've done before, too, is, like, not texting people but calling them, <laughs> which is, like, I hate talking on the phone unless mm. it's with people who I don't get to do talk to any other way. So I'm, I'm a quick text. Just text me. Well, let's get it out of the way. Yeah, um, texting is so much easier. Yeah, right? Uh, but it, it made me engage in, like, really being present to people. But what I did when I gave up social media is I, I would find that those moments I was tempted to just scroll through I'm also like a news reader um and I gave that up too because I found I was just doing hours of scrolling through that as well so instead and I don't have a lot extra time by the way that's the funny part but you find time like you slip it in all these places but instead I would text somebody or like tell somebody what I liked about them and that became a fun thing to do whenever I was tempted just be like hey just texting you to tell you that I think I, I I adore this part of you you're really creative in solving problems, and I really appreciate that in my life. People are so thrown by that, like, what? Yeah. Um, what do you want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and some of the challenges definitely are made to do that, to make you think about the relationships you have. Like, one of them is send send a package, like, a send a gift to someone, or give a gift to someone just because. Mm. And I have learned... Yeah, I thought about... When I read that, I, I was really challenged when I read that, because I thought, like... Okay, I'm going to give them a gift, but what's going to be in my head when I give them this gift? Like, am I going to be able to not think about that thing they did for me, or that gift they gave me, or that time they were there for me, or, like, just just to give them a gift because... I, just to give them a gift. 
Like, yeah. like how often do we do that? Like, actually? It was really, I mean, it's really fun. And then it makes you think about your relationships and how well you know people. Mm. Um, you know, and then I have a dear friend who's in her first year of marriage who they don't have a lot of extra money. They're saving to buy a house. Mm. So they've already said, and we've always done really thoughtful birthday presents and Christmas presents and all these things. And this year they've said, like, we can't do that. So don't do that for us. So instead, so that they didn't feel like they needed to send me something ever, I found this thing for her that is completely an inside joke with me and her, and I sent it to her, and it was so funny because she said, you have no idea how I needed that today. And I think that's the neat thing is sometimes I think that if we kind of allow God to use or inspire us in some of these moments, it's really interesting to me how it always seems like it pops up in the other person's life just when they need it. Yeah, and then you're building a whole new culture where out of the blue you tell you have friends that you just tell what you like about we don't do that Mm, we don't we should we We really should yeah and one of the challenges now this is the this is the other really big challenge for me and it's something I've already been doing like I was already doing it anyway Mm -hmm. and it's really connect and it's already I know that it's helped me connect with my true self and like like since the new year Mm mhm I've been journaling every day, and this is in the. This is one of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the last one, and oh, it's just that more than anything else, I think, has connected me with myself because when I'm writing out my feelings every day, or writing out what's going in my mind, or the things I've been learning, mm-hmm. like from giving up the addictions and that kind of thing, it's like, oh, well, I have these moments like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. This is what I don't like. I actually do like this. I actually don't like that. I actually am this kind of person. Um, this is what's going on. You know, and it starts to... It, I just definitely felt more myself. Did you feel a sense of gratitude? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's I, 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 rec- I, I mean, I recommend this to everybody anyway, because it's just as a general rule, like, to, to daily writing. <laughs> Excuse there's, there's, a, there's actual science that says mm-hmm. that it proves your, improves your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, like, literally your liver works better, like, mm-hmm. apparently your productivity goes up, like, there's loads, apparently there's research that says that just by daily writing, and that writing out your emotions for 15 minutes three times a week helps your anxiety app. and stuff like that, and it's like... Oh my goodness, like, this is, anyone can do this. You don't I have, have an to... app that asks me every day a question. Oh, wow. Today, what are you thankful for? Today, what are you happy about? Today, what made you laugh? And you write that, and then over the next year, so I just started, over the next year, I'll then be able to print it out, and you can take, add pictures to it as well. It's just for you, it's not for anyone else, no one else can look at it. Oh, wow. And it creates a journal of your day, and it's funny, because I haven't done it in a week, because... Again, I thought I was too busy, but now that I think about it, I know I walk my dog three times a day, and so um, we take the same route. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do. There's a challenge to do a prayer walk, and I do that with him. But um, I will. I that used to be my time that I would write it out. So I need to do that. Mm. You have rechallenged me, sir. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to tell me the name of that. App. What, what is that for other people? The app is called work. Grateful. Let me see. The actual name of it is, because I don't want to mess it up, um, it is, I said that and now I can't find it on my phone and I pull it up every day. <laughs> this is hysterical. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's just called Grateful. Right. Well, check that out, everybody. So, like, today's question, 
Um, uh, what are you grateful for was today's question. What are you happy for? What made me smile today? What made today a good day? And like little things like you can, if you can look at it, um, my, like, what are you looking forward to this week? Oh, wow, that looks amazing. And so you take, like, what are you grateful for? On December 6th, there was a double rainbow, you know? Oh, wow. On February 10th, my puppy fell asleep with his toy, and it was just the sweetest thing in the world. And so I take a picture of it, and I forget all these things, and then you're really, That's yeah. Great. Yeah. That is great. That's great. Um, recommend that to everybody. Yep, I'm so that gonna, is just called Grateful. I'm going to be downloading that and um, doing that. That's definitely a good idea. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I hope that you get some stuff out of reading the book. I hope that you take on a challenge with friends because there's incredible stats which are in the book on what happens when we bring people in on these kind of things. Mm. Like, you know, there's always, you know, every year pastors always talk around resolution time that resolutions don't work but they really don't work and so why don't they work because we're not meant to mm. do things that aren't connected to other things and so I hope they're just like practical ways for people to actually change their lives even if it's just in a little bit a little portion of their life it would it you know it's gratefully impactful so thanks yeah. for reading it no absolutely I, and yeah I, I'm really passionate about living authentically and being our true selves it's like it's so important, you know, and we've only scratched the surface of it, I think. And so, I mean, like, I mean, we've as, only as, been as, just given permission. I mean, you and I both are from a British culture, which is stiff upper lip, mm. don't show emotion. And, and both of us have grown up uncomfortable with other people's emotion. Yeah. I learned that I, I was a very uh, melodramatic kid, is, you know, I was always, you know, I've had a lot of feelings, but I learned to shame myself out of them. And I also learned that I was really uncomfortable with other people's feelings. And it is from that sense of shame of like, oh no, you know, the world might end if you have too many feelings. And I think it's not, what we discover is when people can express their feelings and even name their feelings and the feelings don't have power anymore. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, Brene Brown, the work she's been doing, um, you know, all these different people who have been doing actual academic work around, and a lot of that stuff I do actually quote different studies and stuff because it has really confounded people and really interests people that, oh my gosh, if I am authentic, if I am willing to be vulnerable, and not in a manipulative way, because I think vulnerability, also I think there's this thing about Brene Brown, she's so great, and she talks about in one of her most recent books, that people have taken this vulnerability thing as a permission to overshare, and there is a potential of oversharing. Mm. We haven't done the actual work. So That's doing right. the work before we put the work out is really important, and I think mm. that there is going to be a shift in culture, I hope, where we're learning how to be our authentic selves to the point of even recognizing those moments when we are marketing ourselves in a way that really isn't us. Yeah, absolutely. And then being unapologetic about, like, you know, I'm working on some passion projects right now, and I know that they aren't as academic. Like even writing this book, um, I was really, I had a tough time. So this book, um, 21 Day Challenge, it's fun, it's about my life, and I have some friends who are some really well-published authors, and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to send it to them, because it's not like, this is not War and Peace, you know, and this is not the level of some of their books, and yet, 
um, their reactions have been so kind and so, oh, this was really easy to read. You know, it's a really short read, it's really fast, but it was impactful. And I think that's the, instead of like being honest about, oh, that's what I'm really good at is taking really complex things and making them little and making them bite-sized and helping people digest what they can digest from it. So I think the world does better when all of us are more ourselves because we were created um, with different passions and loves and um, mm. learning how to channel those things well. It, it really does bring lightness and good into the world. As Richard Rohr says, it's a creative aspect of being when you are putting goodness into the world. I mean, that's what we were created to do. And when we yeah. repress it, that's when really rough stuff comes up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for... Oh my gosh, you're welcome. Show. Thanks and, for coming uh, to my house. Yeah, thank you for coming to your house. It's a lovely little place. Again, I love it. Um, it, is um, my little, uh, it is my little tree house. Yeah, it is like a tree house as well. Today's like my, or this part of the day will go in my grateful book because this light right now, this is just like... You know, it's like midday, I've got a lot of writing to do, I've got a book club that I'm meeting with, which actually came out of this book, you know, so I've got this, this is my favorite light, and I get to work in here, and I'm so grateful for that, you know, mm. I get to kind of enjoy the sun kind of coming through, so I'm grateful for it, for sure. Mm. It is beautiful. It really is beautiful. Yeah, you can yeah. listen to the podcast, too, before I moved, Yeah. <laughs> because you'll hear that I... I this was a choice. Moving was a choice for me, and it's definitely downsized, but it's the perfect decision for me. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. It's, I, I definitely could be content here as well, for <laughs> sure. So thank, thanks again for coming on. It's always great to have you on the show. Oh, it's always great to come on. It's good to see you, too. Yeah, it's finally good to meet after so long. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I hear, um, we'll, we'll have you back, I'm sure. Oh, I'm coming back. I'm definitely coming back. Come across the pond. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, and the Authenticity Challenge is available right now. You can get it on Amazon, anywhere you want books. It's fantastic. It's it's quite cheap and it's, yeah, it's available right now. So um, definitely check that out. Um, and thanks again, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you.